When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. I never thought I would pick the Raiders to win a game this season. Yeah, I've got the Raiders as well. It's the easiest pick of the year. It's the Raiders. But what if Baker Mayfield comes in this game Yo. and, like, gets a goal? Then will he, bro. I don't know. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, who has been a Ram for all of about 48 hours. than good to be totally honest anyway more game picks are on the way throughout the show you see them right there ryan clark mina kimes marcus spears field yates and we got to get you ready for the rest of week 14 in the nfl let's get back to last night and yeah it was a hollywood minute they had a minute to make this thing happen those rams did but we start in the beginning baker mayfield active for los angeles the raiders looking for their fourth straight win raiders second and goal failed to score on the previous drive and Derek carr handing it off to josh jacobs for the run at that point, the Raiders' extra point is good. But there you see Mayfield getting taken down in this part of the game. So the score now 16 to 10. And of course, that penalty ends up being a really big portion of this. Baker Mayfield now has a chance to make some magic happen. Under two minutes to go in the game. And Mayfield connecting with Jefferson. It's the game-tying touchdown in just a little bit. In fact, our highlights all fouled up, so I should know. I should be able to call this game no matter what because I was right about it. That was Ben Skronik with the big grab, a gain of 32 yards. And now you're going to see Baker Mayfield trying to get it done here. He connects with Van Jefferson for the game-tying touchdown. The extra point is good. The Rams win. As you would imagine, Sean McVay loved it. The entire team loved it. And they celebrated in the locker room after this huge comeback. What a win for L.A. and Baker Mayfield, who just got there a couple days ago. Oh, hey, great job, man. Unbelievable to be able to come in here 10 minutes ago and help lead us to a victory. See you guys on Monday. Baker Mayfield. Yeah! So last night, Baker Mayfield led the Rams on that 98-yard game-winning drive beginning after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. According to Elias Sports Bureau, that's the longest go-ahead touchdown drive that began in the final two minutes of a game in the last 45 seasons. I mean, that speaks to just how unlikely it is that you're going to have success in, success in those moments. Uh, Marcus, how impressed were you with what Baker did last night? 
Very impressed, uh, especially late in the game. Um, when you think about what Baker was able to do, that's what a first overall pick is supposed to. Okay, right. The out route to Tutu Atwell, the sideline pass to Skoranek, the placement on the Van Jefferson touchdown, and add that, like Sean McVay said, he came in 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so I, I just, it was very impressive by Baker. And everybody knows the history of me and Baker. I'm hard on him, but he deserves a ton of credit for his ability to come in and do what he was able to do, especially at the end of that game. That was a high leverage moment. That's how we judge quarterbacks, and he delivered. And Swagoo, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because last night was a great sports moment, regardless of which team you're rooting for. But I was thinking last night about this upcoming offseason mm -hmm. because about a month ago, if I had suggested to you mm. that Baker Mayfield could become a valuable commodity as a free agent, you'd say to yourself, first of all, Field's nuts. I'm just not sure whether I'm going to say it out loud or not. But when it comes to quarterbacks, it takes just one game to draw us back in. <laughs> and last night, the best I've seen Baker Mayfield look since at least last season was enough to draw us back in and remind us of some of the qualities that did make him the number one overall pick in a draft that had five quarterbacks go in the first round. Now, to be clear, the work is not done. He's got four more games to prove it. But all of a sudden, in a quarterback class that is not expected to be particularly deep, Baker Mayfield could be one of the more intriguing names to monitor come March. Couldn't be more impressed by the effort from him and the job the Rams did in preparing him for last night. I got to say, this is kind of what Baker does. Just when you count him out, he comes roaring back and makes you think about it. I, I'm, I'm with you, Field. It was one game, but still. Okay, Mina, on the Raiders' side, though, what went wrong? <laughs> Where to begin? I cannot imagine Jeez. being a Raiders fan watching that game. I mean, well, I guess I can't imagine it because they did the same thing to the Colts, so I don't know which loss was worse. But uh, RC will take the defense. I'll take the offense. I thought the game plan was way too conservative. You're facing a Rams defense that has been good all year, even without Aaron Donald against the run, but cannot stop the deep pass in particular. Last in the NFL, an EPA per play versus deep passes. So the Raiders come out and they pound the rock. Look, any game where Devontae Adams has three catches is a bad game plan. I, I don't care what you're calling up. It's Devontae Adams. He should be more involved than he was last night. They shouldn't have run it as much. I thought it was way too conservative, and the offense is just as much to blame as the defense, which RC will complain about. <laughs> No, nah, you're absolutely right about everything that you said, Nina. But even more so than that is, what are you doing on the last drive? Obviously, you get the sack and you have a genius that knocks the football out of Baker Mayfield's hand and that continues the drive. And then you go single high. He throws the football down the right sideline. It's a huge catch. And you said, there is no way we go single high and press man in high red zone. That makes no sense because what does that do? That takes pressure off of Baker Mayfield intellectually. Now I know right away where I'm going with the football. I don't need fancy route concepts. I don't need play action passes. I know I have a one-on-one -on, -one on the left yes. side with Van Jefferson and the rookie. And one thing Baker can do is throw a football. People don't <laughs> get picked first overall if they can't throw the ball. So why am I going to tell him where to throw it? You give him the easy 
biggest read of the game in the most important time of the game, and Baker Mayfield burned you. Baker Mayfield is a great story from this game, and that's a story that should be told. The other story should be Pat Graham and him making a terrible decision that made Baker Mayfield's story possible. Mm. Okay, well, Marcus, the, another big story in this game was the Tillery penalty. We saw it in the highlight. How much did that factor in when you saw it? I, I could just imagine you shaking your head like that. By the way, you were going nuts on Twitter all night long. <laughs> I just, I hated the call, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it's something you can't do. And you think about, like, as a defensive lineman or a defensive player, they tell you in a two-minute drill, or when an offense is driving, if you get a sack, you pretty much kill that drill. But with that penalty, you add up 15 yards, you, you revive life, you obviously give them another opportunity to make plays downfield. But it was, I mean, you could, look, ticky-tack call. I, I, I was upset about that call being made at that juncture in the game. But ultimately, it was the right call. And a lot of people had adverse reactions to it. But, but when you do something like that, beyond after, after him and Max Crosby makes a phenomenal play, and that happens, you just gave them what they were searching for, and that's the yardage. And then we see what transpired after that. So it was just, it, it, it was bad. I'm I'm going to be a good person today, and I'm going to just focus on the fact that the call was made the right way. I don't like even though it was yeah. attack, Be a and, bad person. Um, it gave the Rams life. We prefer when you're a bad person. We'll, we'll get you there uh, pretty yeah. soon in the show. By the way, the Raiders have now blown four games in which they had 13-point leads. That's tied for the most, most such games in a season in NFL history. All right, here's a look at the Sunday slate. We're going to zero in on some games with playoff implications. It's that time of year, y'all. So, Marcus, give us a matchup you're most looking forward to this weekend. For me, it is Tua versus Justin Herbert. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be petty. I'm going to go with the social media and how everybody has compared these quarterbacks where he was drafted, where he was drafted. Well, you get them on the same field. And I know both teams are not equal. I know that there are deficiencies with the Los Angeles Chargers. I know Tua is coming off of a game against the 49ers where he didn't have the type of success he wanted. And he has some opportunities in this game if the Chargers plays man. So I can't wait to see Tua Herbert and hear the talk. I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I was fired up about this, too. But I really want to see how Tua handles the blitz of the Los Angeles Chargers. We know he's been phenomenal against man-to-man -man coverages. And the San Francisco 49ers made him throw into those small spots and zones. And the Chargers say, we ain't doing that. So we should see a great Tua. And I'm going to be honest, too. I'm ready to see them Steelers versus the Ravens. I don't care if Lamar Jackson ain't playing. It's the black and blue division. Let's get black and blue. Stop Woo! it. All right. I'll go to a different game Bucks Niners look the Bucks win last week wasn't pretty but you know what was pretty the play of the ages perpetually underrated Levante David that dude is still playing at such a high level and of course off ball linebacker is so important against this 49ers offense especially with Christian McCaffrey in the mix so give me Levante David and his expert eyes against the San Francisco offense that tries to fool you can't wait for Sunday in Orchard Park, New York. Laura, where you would think with Sauce Gardner and Stephon Diggs on the field at the same time, you would see Sauce Gardner covering Stephon Diggs. Not the case, as the last time these two teams met, it was actually DJ Reed that shadowed Stephon Diggs with Sauce Gardner largely covering the big-bodied Gabe Davis. Either way, one of the best 
perimeter cornerback duos in the NFL. And I like when Marcus is being tactical about being a good man today. He knows that Christmas is just around the corner, Laura. He's trying to avoid the naughty list because he's got a lot of stuff he's looking for come December 25th. I need Santa. Swagoo was already on the naughty list, though. Like, he's trying to dig himself out of a hole to get back in good I'm trying to get off of it, Buggy. Yeah, we'll see. Why are you on here snitching? Why well, are you snitching on I, me? I just thought you told the truth to the Let people in the world it. about you. And Santa, I hope you're listening. All right, we're just getting started here on NFL Live. Should the leaders of the NFC North be on upset alert going to Detroit? Detroit's favorite in this one. Hear why Marcus thinks Minnesota better be careful. Only one of us actually picking the Vikings. Plus, will Mr. Irrelevant succeed against the GOAT? Mina tells us why the Blitz will play a huge factor. Plus, have you heard about Brock Purdy's nickname? Well, anyway, go look it up. I can't say it on TV. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Our Week 14 Monday Night Football matchup. Matthew Judon and the Patriots in Arizona taking on DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app, the Manning Cast on ESPN2. Our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. All right, let's get to the Bengals and Joe Burrow. They enter Week 14 on a four-game winning streak, coming off big wins against the Titans and Chiefs. On Sunday, though, Burrow will face the team that has caused him the most problems in his young career, the Cleveland Browns. Burrow 0-4 against the Browns with seven turnovers in those outings. He's also been sacked 17 times in those games, the third most by any quarterback against a single opponent since he entered the league in 2020. Man. How about that game, RC? What do you have your eye on in Bengals Browns as we go through some matchups to watch? I'm excited about this secondary matchup against the skilled players of the Cincinnati Bengals. I remember when we got an opportunity to interview the skilled players of the Bengals on the pivot, Jamar Chase said it's on site whenever they see Denzel Ward, whenever they see Newsom, and they get their opportunity this week. It's truly been clamps anytime they had an opportunity to play the Browns, so I know what type of excitement they'll have coming into this game and the attention to detail, and I get how competitive it will be. Joe Burrow knows he needs this win, so I'm excited to see what new the Cincinnati Bengals have. Yeah, 
so for me, the Chiefs offense against the Broncos defense is one of the more interesting matchups in the NFL. And the Chiefs offense, as much as we praise the ability to spread the ball around this year, the improvement in the run game, it starts and it ends with Travis Kelsey. And I can tell you that's the way Denver's thinking in terms of their game planning. Fortunately for them, they have a ton of very talented DBs they can throw at Kelsey, whether it's Justin Simmons, K1 Williams, even if Patrick Chatan's on him at points. It's a great matchup and a great challenge for that coaching staff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Najee Harris and Roquan Smith and seeing when they do find each other in the hole, who's going to make the play. We know that Najee is a physical runner. We know Pittsburgh wants to do that, a part of their play action with Kenny Pickett in addition to Roquan Smith. Tackling machine. So I cannot wait to see these guys, how he tracks, and obviously Benny Snell playing a little bit in the backfield as well. This is the age-old ISO, linebacker, running back. Let's see who's going to win. Love it. What a great matchup across the board from all of you. All right, let's get to the Lions. No one wants to play these guys these days. Dan Orlovsky said earlier this week he thinks the Lions are going to win out, including this week against those 10-2 and two Vikings and make the playoffs. The Lions are two-point favorites in this one, too, by the way. So is everyone overlooking Minnesota? Well, the Vikings have won nine one-score games this season. A big reason for their success has been the play in the fourth quarter. Both Minnesota's offense and defense have been great late, ranking top 10 in the league in points, turnovers, and QBRs in the fourth quarter of games. And, you know, some of that, you could say that's a good thing or a bad thing because you say, well, wait a second, if they're in all these close games, then maybe they're not a dominant team. But either way, they're winning the close game. So, RC, this week, you think this one's going to be another close one? I do believe that it's going to be close, and it's not even because of the Minnesota Vikings. It's because of the way the Detroit Lions have been playing lately, the way that this run game attacks you yeah. downhill. Also defensively, now seeing that they have opportunities to turn the football over. And someone who is not talked about enough is Amon Ross St. Brown, who is deadly in between the numbers. He's yes, a sir. tough physical player, and now DJ Chark getting loose down the field. This team is a lot better than people want to give them credit for, and it used to be about the fact that they bite ankles, and that they fight hard. Now it's about them finding ways to win. I expect this game to be close, and if Kirk Cousins doesn't do the things that he needs to do late, the Detroit Lions win this game. And so the fact that they're favorite is in no way a surprise to me. Yeah, I think that Vegas favoring the Lions is a reflection of everything Ryan just laid out, but also the matchup between the Lions offense and the Vikings defense. Yeah. We know what Minnesota wants to do on defense. They're going to sit back and shell coverage and hopefully, you know, bend but don't mm -hmm. break like they did last week against the Jets. Unfortunately, the Lions, unlike the Jets, are first in the NFL in red zone efficiency this year. Uh, and they are perfectly content to work underneath, grind out yards on the ground. They have one of the most diverse and, and dominant running games in the NFL and use Amon Ross St. Brown, who I like to call a human first down, to get those yards after the catch. The Lions rank fourth in the NFL in the percentage of the yards that come after the catch. The Vikings allow the third most yards after the catch. That is a mismatch, and it favors Detroit, and I think that's why they're picked to win this one. Oh, boy. I'm going to go treetop on this one, y'all, because I think, like, there's an overall arching conversation surrounding the Minnesota Vikings about who this team is. And you can look at it glass half full or glass half empty. I'm going to choose to look at it glass half empty right now mm -hmm. because when you think about what game have they had a dominant performance, and then you talk about 10 wins with a point differential – of 10 points. And two, when we look at the top of the conference, right, between Philly and that Dallas game, 
the two teams that we perceivably Smoke see them. you may have to face, obviously, when you get into the playoffs, you got dump truck by both of them. So that is why the overall yep. narrative about the Minnesota Vikings is we need to see a dominant performance. We need to see all of these things come together with this football team. We know that they can put points up with anybody in the NFL with Justin Jefferson and Thielen and obviously having Hawkinson in the lineup. But defensively, when is it the dominant performance going to show up? When are you going to stop somebody from throwing for 4,000 yards per game that you play in? That's what we're waiting on the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> and that's why the national narrative is not what it's supposed to be. 4,000 a game. No, I, I actually checked the numbers, and he, that was accurate. He was right. You guys, I know I'm the numbers person. Don't worry. I, I checked it, and Marcus had that actually correct. Nailing it. And, and listen, I mean, if, if they're right. able to yes, have some dominant right. win over the Lions when everyone thinks it's going to be a close game, maybe this is the week. One thing I want to point out, too, guys, Lions rookie receiver Jamison Williams has been back in the fold. Of course, he was injured to start the season. Yeah. And they're just kind of bringing him along a little bit slowly. But if they end up continuing to win and making it to the playoffs, I wonder how much of a role he could have increasing. All right, let's get to our game picks. Marcus, you go first. Who are you taking in this one, Vikings or Lions? I'm taking the Lions, y'all. I think that run game is going to limit the Minnesota Vikings from having the opportunity to, care, to get the points that they want to put up on the board. The defense for Detroit is playing better, but they still make me nervous. But I'm going to Detroit Lions. I think this is when those late-game heroics we've seen by the Minnesota Vikings come to an end. Mina. I'm covering my face so that when the Viking social media puts a post, nobody's going to yell at me. I am also taking the Detroit Lions. I love this Lions offense. I think the defense is playing better late. But I have it as a one-point game. Ooh. It's close. Okay, I'm gonna take the Lions. I'm gonna take the Lions too, and it's because I what? think that they not necessarily that they're the better team every week. I believe that they'll win this week. I believe they're playing at a higher level right now, but it depends on what Laura says. If I'm gonna take my pick back, Boogie. Don't worry. I'm picking Boogie, the Vikings, y'all. I'm here for y'all. I'm gonna pick the okay. Vikings. Now let me just say something. I do think you guys, I love the Lions, Ooh. right? I think they're great. They're one of my favorite teams this year. I do think all of you are a little crazy. The, the Vikings are 10-2, and two and you guys are picking the Lions. But anyway, I'm going to take them. That's I think fair. they went, we, I think I like they went say, close. Laura, I we are crazy. I like to say the Vikings are 10-2. and two. They 10 and pew. They ain't 10 and pew. They 10 and pew. I hear ya. I think they're still going to win. All right, Silly Club. Zach Wilson was able to upset the Bills, but can Mike White do the same? Well, RC tells us what adjustments the Jets' new quarterback needs to make. That's coming your way next. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. 
They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Coming this week on Sunday NFL Countdown, before Brock Purdy makes his first start against Tom Brady inside Mr. Irrelevant's journey to the NFL. To watch him now do it on the highest stage at the highest level, just really proud of, of, of him and what he's about and what he stands for. Plus, an all-access look at the bond between the dynamic Diggs brothers. I always contact my brother. Sometimes I text him during the game while he's on the field. And I'll be like, just sit on the route. Your pick is coming. Kick off your Sunday with us on NFL Countdown at 10 a.m. Eastern ESPN. So glad you're watching NFL Live. Time for smart lineup decisions informed by IBM Watson. Phil, take us through the top fantasy storylines this week. Yeah, uh, Laura, it's already tough enough without guys like Justin Fields at the quarterback spot, but we won't have Lamar Jackson on Sunday and potentially no Trevor Lawrence as well. He's been pretty good for fantasy over the past four weeks. And if you're looking for an option to replace Lamar Jackson, look at his backup, Tyler Snoop Huntley, who actually played pretty well last week filling in for Lamar Jackson. And last segment, we talked about how excited we are about that Lions-Vikings game. Jared Goff could be in for big Sunday as well as that Vikings defense has been quite vulnerable. Let's go to Seattle where it seems uncertain that Kenneth Walker III will be on the field on Sunday against Carolina. He's got that jammed ankle. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Unfortunately for Seattle, DJ Dallas might not be available as well, which could mean that Travis Homer, who's been practicing all week, he missed last week's game, could be the lead back in this backfield. Really productive player at Miami. Very good at the passing game as well. Seattle really likes Travis Homer. You should too on Sunday. And then finally, the Dolphins backfield, sort of the theme of the week. There are some backfields that have more than one guy who you can count on. You just don't know exactly how much you can count on that player. As Jeff Wilson Jr. had been red hot for the Dolphins going into last week, and he had one total touch, Laura. That being said, he's got a great matchup. As a matter of fact, one of the best matchups any running back can have against the Chargers on Sunday, both Raheem and Raheem Mostert. Fantasy viable for me for Week 14. We love it, Field. You're back in just a moment with a really important 49ers update, but continuing with the 49ers. Brock Purdy went from Mr. Irrelevant to majorly relevant in a matter of moments last week when Jimmy G went down with his foot injury. Now, this week he's starting against the Bucks and Tom Brady, but Purdy feels like he's ready for this moment. Either way, Brady loves San Francisco. Here's why. You know, I was just a lucky kid growing up in the Bay Area. It was a great place to grow up, and it was a... It was just a great time. There was so many great players, a great era of football. And I loved the 49ers. I loved them through college. And then when they skipped over me six times, I started hating the 49ers. <laughs> and that's just the way it went down. 
All right, so it's actually love-hate. But anyway, Brady will have a tough task against this 49ers defense on Sunday. In this season, San Francisco's defense leads the league in points, yards, and touchdown-to-interception ratio. They also get after the quarterback, recording the fifth-highest sack rate in the league. Brady doesn't really like it when you get after it, right? Okay, so Marcus, how can the Bucks handle, excuse me, we're going to field Yates first. It'd be funny, though, if I thought you were Marcus because you guys really don't look alike. Um, what's Happens going on? all the time, Laura. <laughs> I know it happens. Right, exactly. Uh, what, <laughs> we're going to start calling Swagoo babyface Swagoo. Anyway, to the real babyface. Right. What's going on with Nick Bosa? Because I think this is probably getting overlooked a little bit. Yeah, that graphic you just saw might be a little bit less relevant on Sunday with Nick Bosa on it because for the third straight day, he was not in the practice field to begin the session earlier today. He's got a hamstring injury, Laura. And as we know, the 49ers have just been completely demolished by injuries throughout the season. Of course, Jimmy G being the most recent one. But it sounds like there's a real chance Nick Bosa will not be available on Sunday for San Francisco. They're so talented. The defense will still be a major challenge for the Buccaneers. But as far as dominant defensive players go, he's in the same breath as the Micah Parsons of the world for best players on defense this season in the league. Yeah, Marcus, what do you think about this potentially being an issue in this game without Nick Bosa? Well, it's absolutely huge. I mean, we saw the amount of pressure that he put on Tua with this um, against Miami and Donovan Smith, the left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's either giving up a sack or he's holding. That's where he is right now. So this would have been a favorable matchup for them. I think, too, this could be an ultimate trap game. I didn't have that information that Babyface just gave. This could be an ultimate trap game for the San Francisco 49ers. I know it's crazy to say that the 49ers could have a trap game because of how well they've been playing on defense. But this is one you really got to pay attention to if you're them and not get complacent and look at what Tampa has done offensively and think about how you can get a pass rush and how bad this offensive line has been. They've... I believe tempo should be added to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive plan mm -hmm. early. But on the other side of the ball, Brock Purdy is going to see different things. There's a blueprint. I tell y'all all the time. It's hard yeah. when you get the guy out there for the first time. The first time quarterback, and RC can speak to this too. You don't know tendencies. You don't know what he likes. You don't know where he struggles at. You don't have a plan or a litmus on this guy about what he can do. The second time around, it gets a little bit different. So he has some things that he's probably going to have to overcome as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know that this Bucks coaching staff and all their film study people have been watching Brock Purdy like it's their job all week because it is their job. So now Brock Purdy gets his first start. <laughs> what are you watching out for? Yeah, uh, I agree with Marcus. I think it's going to be more challenging. And I, I say that as someone who was really impressed by Brock Purdy in his first start, particularly against the Blitz. He went seven for, seven for ten. He did throw a pick, but he had that incredible throw to George Kittle. But let me say this. Miami blitzing, Tampa blitzing, two different things. Whatever you think of the job Todd Bowles has done as a head coach this season, the dude can still design a blitz. There will be stunts. There will be overloads. There will be Vita Vea suddenly dropping into coverage clogging your passing lane like a moon eclipsing the sun. He is going to be unprepared for some of the stuff that is coming his way. So uh, for me, that could come down to uh, that could be a big factor in what the Niners do on offense, whether Brock Purdy can overcome some of those eclipse. exotics.
Along with the moon eclipsing the sun, the one thing that we know about this offense of the San Francisco 49ers is they want to catch the ball, they want to get in space, and they want yards after the catch. Well, along with that moon, yes, with that's an eclipse, they got meteors at linebackers, right? They got people that are running sideline oh, to sideline, yes. and they are hitting, and they are flying. And when you think of Levante David, you think of Devin White, this is a team that wants to get in the game where it's about running sideline to sideline, wants to get in the game where it's about being able to cover in space. And they can do that with the best of them. Also outside, when you think of what Dean and Carlton Davis could do, the one thing is that they're physical. These aren't dudes who are small or smallish, want to be quick in and out of cuts. Right. They don't mm -hmm. also tackle. So I do believe that Brock Purdy is going to be faced with a lot defensively that he didn't see last week from the Miami Dolphins. And so this game could be a lot closer than people are expecting, even with Tampa Bay not being able to score well. So I want to see how he executes in this new phase of what the San Francisco 49ers offense will be because it will be tailored around Brock Purdy. Yeah, the odds makers have the 49ers in three and a half Meteor point man. in this game. We've gotten so much. Hey, you remember them boys' haircuts on Meteor Man okay. when they had the blind joints? I love it. They was let's, blind. Let's see who Everybody. we're picking in this one. We're going to throw the picks up on the screen all at once. And I want to ask you guys, is anybody wanting to change their pick? Because we got a lot of 49ers picks up here. I was picking the Bucks no matter what because I just don't see Tom Brady losing to Brock Purdy. I know they're not. I'll go Tampa for the for the cause. I will take Tampa you. for the yeah. cause. I just talked myself into it defensively. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Get out out this whole conversation we had. We, we do the picks and then we go on the show and sometimes I change my mind after listening to you guys talk on the show. Now I'm not so sure. Wait, Mina, did you change? Yeah, I'm with Are you. you sticking MK, with the let's stay where we no, at. I'm gonna stick with San Francisco. Okay. I think that San Francisco D line is gonna have Tom Brady in a in hell. Nope. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, let's see if we can continue to eclipse the day here. I feel like that's what we're doing. Oh look, look, we did a change. We got two on the Bucks now and two on the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up next, Tua Tagovailoa struggled last week in the Bay, but someone here says this week against the Chargers is the perfect get-right game for the quarterback back stay tuned to find out why we'll be right back man what are we doing today Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
always interesting when Justin Herbert and Tua Tungabailoa match up because he can't help but remember they were drafted back-to-back -back with Tua going fifth overall, Herbert going sixth. Tua's in the middle of a breakout season despite struggles last week, and Herbert's been a victim of the injuries to his team and himself, plus some other issues this season. We'll get to that. Sunday's game between the Dolphins and Chargers could feature a mismatch in favor of Justin Herbert. This season, the Chargers quarterback has been excellent outside the pocket, ranking second in QBR, yards per dropback, and sixth in completion percentage in those situations. The Dolphins' defense on the other side has struggled with mobile quarterbacks, ranking near the bottom of the league in all of those same areas, second to last in completion percentage. Mina, you think this is a good matchup for Herbert? Mark, well, Laura, where are you? It should be a good matchup for Justin Herbert if they let him throw the ball downfield, if he throws the ball downfield. So normally when you guys when I see stats, I'm happy. You know I like numbers. There's one stat, however, that makes me want to burn things, and it is this. Justin Herbert currently ranks 32nd in the NFL in average depth of target. Ooh. 30 seconds. Okay, we're talking about Justin freaking Herbert. The guy's arm should have to be checked when he goes to the airport because it's a weapon. They shouldn't let it on the plane. And yet, he is dinking and dunking his way down the field. Now, I understand that some of that is due to the limitations around him. Of course, they have backups on the offensive line. There's not as much time to throw the ball downfield. Mike Williams has been in and out of the lineup. I don't care. If he does not push the ball downfield in this one, if Mike Lombardi doesn't call, or probably Joe Lombardi doesn't call a more aggressive offense, they will not win this game. This is this is what happened to the paper. Listen, and you Nina don't talk. need those notes. Okay, because <laughs> no, I, I'm, we done with these. We passed these. I, I, Mina, thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it. Because I don't know what it's going to take for Joe Lombardi to do it. I have mm. no idea what it's going to take. We, we, we say stuff on NFL Live. Coincidentally, sometimes we see it, not saying we all knowing about football, but most of the time it worked because we are studying film from the perspective of trying to see how teams can get better. But he won't do it. He won't do it. So here's what you got to do because Joe Lombardi going to drop Justin Herbert directly back in the pocket. He's going to sit five to seven <laughs> yards deep, so and he's going to let both of the defensive ends just sack him all game long <laughs> like his offensive line is really intact. So get the screen game going, Joe Lombardi. Throw to Austin Eckler 55 times this game. Try to get some guys in open space so you can run your offense the way you've been running it all damn season long instead of using the athletic cyborg that you have at quarterback, moving the lunch point, making defenses have to run after him and give him two options to either take off or throw the ball downfield. No, throw the screen. Hey, Justin, check it down. We know you uh. can throw far, but throw it three yards and see if you can get a first down. That's what they're going to do, y'all. That's why Miami going to have a tremendous amount of success, and we're probably going to talk about two or more than we talk about Justin Herbert after this game. Okay, really Go fast. Ahead, RC. <laughs> really fast. You know we what I We need to get hope? that out of our system. <laughs> I know. We needed that. I also really hope that the next time that Justin Herbert goes through TSA, like if there's any TSA agents watching, to Mina's point about the weapon of the arm, like, please call that man on his arm. Have that scare Sir. going. Woo, Sir. Woo. Yeah, we're going to have to stop you and inspect that arm. All right, anyway, RC, on the other side, we talked Buddy all week. Sound. How do alarm sound? <laughs> How do alarm sound? I'm done. <laughs>
We talked all week, RC, about how Tua struggled last week. How do you think he matches up against this Chargers defense? Well, first and foremost, Mina has missed it in most of the away games. They have checked Justin Herbert's arm, and that's why Joe Lombardi calls the game the way he does. Like, he don't get to bring it with him, obviously. But, but when you take it away... <laughs> about Tua Tungavaloa and, and Justin <laughs> Herbert. These so two stupid. dudes will always be prepared. And the, the great thing that happens for Tua Tungavaloa this week is he doesn't actually have to play Justin Herbert. He has to play a Los Angeles Chargers defense that <laughs> loves to play man, that loves to bring pressure. And if you think back a few weeks ago to what we were able to see Travis Kelsey do to this team, especially in the red zone with the crossers, with the, the meshes, like they don't, they don't play well against play-action pass especially intermediate. Who does that better than anybody in the world right now? It's the Miami Dolphins with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And I'm certainly not saying comparing Travis Kelsey to them is like the tortoise and the hare. But a few weeks ago, Travis Kelsey was allowed to go slow and steady and win the race. I'm letting you know right now, these boys coming out sprinting. They lost last week. They weren't great offensively. And I know Mike McDaniel can't wait to dial up some of these big plays that Tua Tungavaloa is used to having each and every week this season. All right, so we're all picking the Dolphins, so we're just going to move on from that. This game's also crucial to the Chargers' playoff hopes, guys. According to ESPN Analytics, yeah, their is. chances to make the playoffs increases to 79% with a win, but it would fall to just 39% with a loss. This game matters a big, big, big Ooh. amount to them. Hey, here's a look at the current NFC playoff picture. The Vikings can clinch the NFC North with a win or a tie this year. As for the first place Eagles, they can also clinch a playoff spot with a win or a tie. They'll be going against the Giants on Sunday. Saquon Barkley listed as questionable for that game with a neck injury, by the way. Uh, let's go ahead and pick that one. Who do you have, RC, and Eagles-Giants? You know, I have the Eagles. I think what the Eagles have done the entire season, I feel transfers went great into this game. Saquon Barkley is a little banged up, but they're getting better against the run like we saw against the Tennessee Titans. And offensively, they are absolutely flawless. A quarterback that makes great decisions in both the run game and the pass game. Cyborgs on the outside that can do different things from a skill point. And also a defense now that understands about making plays in between the numbers. You guys are never going to believe this, but I'm taking Dallas over the Houston Texans. Um, there's a number of reasons, obviously. This is a massive mismatch. I'll go with what I perceive to be the biggest mismatch, and that's this Dallas run game that is so dominant against a Houston's run, Houston Texans run defense that is anything but. Dak Prescott should not have to do much for the Dallas Cowboys to win this one. And MK, I reciprocate the love. I'm Aww. taking the Seattle Seahawks. In this game, Geno is playing at a very high level. Obviously, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf making a lot of plays downfield. This offense is humming, man. They have a rhythm and a, and, and a system that is really thriving. Without the guy that they had before, I just had to throw shade. I'm back on the naughty list. But I think Geno is going to have a successful day as long as they can get Brian Burns blocked up. I like when y'all pick each other's teams for each other. Okay, up next on the show, the Bills hosting the Jets in a pivotal AFC East rematch, but will revenge come easy for Allen and Cruz? Someone here is picking the Jets to win again. We'll discuss next on NFL Live. Stay with us.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, the NFL is headed back to Las Vegas for the 2023 Pro Bowl game. We'll be there. All new skills challenges in the first ever NFL flag football games on Sunday, February 5th. Tickets are on sale now, and the Pro Bowl roster is in your hands. Scan that QR code that's on the screen, and you can go ahead and vote now. Set up that roster. All right, so the last time the Bills and Jets played, Zach Wilson was the Jets QB. Of course, we all know he isn't anymore. Now it's Mike White's turn to take on Buffalo this season. White's coming off a game last week where he struggled with turnovers in the red zone, too. At least he doesn't have to worry about Von Miller, whose season was unfortunately cut short by an ACL tear. But, Mina, what does this Jets offense need to do against the Bills' defense? You know, Laura... I think that what we saw last week is probably similar to what we'll see from the Jets. Like, I don't think Mike White is going to struggle against this Bills team the way he did last year. You remember he threw four interceptions. That was kind of the end of the Mike White experience. However, I think this Bills defense, as banged up as they are, um, still presents a pretty difficult challenge for this offense in particular. Losing Von Miller is huge. I thought Greg Rousseau looked good coming back into action. Uh, but what's perhaps more important than the pass rush, again, in this particular matchup, is that duo of Jets linebackers, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, who are one of the best pairings in the NFL, because that is the part of the field that Mike LaFleur likes to use. Also having, of course, Jordan Poyer back in the mix helps. So, I, you know, this Bills defense isn't the dominant group we thought they were coming into the season, but they're still incredibly talented, and I think that's going to be why they win this game. RC, what about the Jets' red zone struggles? I mentioned it. That was something that really bothered them last week. How do they improve that? Well, first off, I think you have to stick to the run. You have to be more creative. It's not like, oh, look, guys, we're running right here. But be a team that uses the run to get into play-action pass for Mike White. Let's not drop back and figure out that Mike White's going to be able to hit all of these different windows that we can see from some of these veteran quarterbacks who understand the anticipation that it takes to be effective down there in the red zone. And also, too, don't trick nobody, Michael LaFleur. Don't have Garrett Wilson out there, who is one of the best route runners in football, and say, you know what they will never expect us to do? Throw it to Barrios. Don't do that. Let's not, be, let's not be too creative. Let's not outsmart ourselves. Let's do the things that got us to where we are, which is put the football in the hands of the people that make plays. Oh, I love it. Hey, listen, on the other side, Marcus, that Jets defense, we put them up against anybody, and anybody's defense is a defense that just makes you smile. What do they need to do against Josh Allen. What are the keys for Josh Allen, too? Because he struggled with them. Literally, the Jets' defensive line is the definition of building your team to win your division and defend against who you foresee yeah. 
being dominant in yep. your division. Like, these are big physical guys up front. They're fast, super athletic, and we saw the problems that they gave Josh Allen in the first matchup. It, it made him press. It made him think that he needed to do more and turn into Superman because of feeling that pressure. These guys are smart. They are smart rushers. They can get you on the ground chasing you down. And the most important thing about them is that they have depth. They're playing a bunch of guys. Look at this, y'all. This is what this defense using the standard rush has accomplished since week four. First in the league mm. in sacks, first in interceptions, first, first um, in the quarter in the QBR against the uh, um, opposing quarterback. So this is no fluke that Josh Allen is walking into. He understands the type of duress that he'll be under. And with some significant questions about this Buffalo Bills offensive line, Jets could feast. I mean, the big thing is this. In the second half, the Jets made or tried to force Josh Allen to be patient, and he would not. He still forced the ball into coverage. They're going to go too high and make Josh Allen earn it, and will this team be patient enough to do so? All right, let's pick this one. Uh, Marcus, you get to go first. Who are you taking and why? I'm taking the Jets, y'all. I'm going to lean into my defensive line love. I think this unit can be dominant in this game and have a lot to do with Josh Allen potentially turning the football over again. I expect Buffalo to have a lot of juice, but I think the Jets are who they are. All right, everybody else was on the Bills. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy week 14, and we'll see you on Monday on NFL Live. Meteor man.